welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Welcome back, and as always, thanks for listening. This is the last of the series, Bible Learning. Uh, The series itself covered different phases, different paths here in uh, for people uh, having to do with, hey, I feel like I need to get Bible knowledge in me, get closer to Jesus, enhance my spiritual life, enhance my spiritual walk, enhance anything and everything I can for the Lord, and especially if, quote-unquote, you're going to be a professional minister. Professional ministry is, I'm going to get paid all my money for a living for me and whoever I'm attached to from a church or a church's organization. Yeah, professional minister. Now, this is the second half of the series and uh, of this of the section of the series for professional ministry and that it's when you want to pro your mojo now in the first half i talked at length about seminaries and universities and different things of that nature we're gonna put the bow on top by discussing upper level ministerial degrees all right Upper level ministerial degrees, and what do I mean that by that? Well, so first, I have to say this: if in your life you've decided, or you feel like God has just pulled you out for special service, that's the way they phrase it: special service. Okay, because anytime you're going to put your entire livelihood in the hands of a congregation. Or a church organization, you are in special service. Not unlike the military. Because military, you join the military, they own you. You do that with a church, an organization, they own you, so to speak. Now you're saying, well, that sounds pretty pretty horrifying. You know, what do you mean? I, I think God owns me. Yes, it's true. Yes. But, you got humans involved. Not all the humans are connected to God the way we really wish they were. So, you got to understand, when you're putting your entire livelihood in the hands, especially of a church organization, um, you know, uh, there's various thought processes. Once upon a time, they used to say, the churches did. Uh, there was a little adage, God, you keep them humble and we'll keep them poor. <laughs> now, yeah, let me repeat that. So, the, the, the old adage used to be, the churches would say, God, you keep them humble, we'll keep them poor. Yeah. Um, also, there's a standing joke in some seminaries that when you go to seminary you get one of two things 
uh, actually it's probably more like one of three things when you go to seminary you either get a car a spouse or a kid because that seems to happen at seminary I don't know exactly how that plays but it does it's weird now um, you may be wondering well So, where do we go from here? Alright, so, if you made the decision, God's in charge, and I'm, I'm going to go pro. The, the question of, am I going to get additional training, uh, as I mentioned in the previous podcast, is up for grabs. The first thing you need to know, and in your heart of hearts is what kind of church you want to serve in. Okay? Why is that? Because some churches don't really care if you have a seminary degree. They do go through a different process, vetting process, which means screening process, as far as their candidates go. And they may be just looking at your history and the personal recommendations and things of that nature okay but if you're going more or less to a denominational church if you're if the church that you're thinking I want to be in this is the church I want to work in and it's a denominational church you're going to have to do some things that that denomination gravitates to now there are some denominations that don't really just put a huge emphasis on that jazz. They may, uh, they may uh, look at Bible school. A lot of the assemblies of God do not necessarily, I mean, they're not looking for a necessarily uh, a, a big fat Bible degree on you. Now, you do have to go to Bible school, but as far as getting a big fancy seminary degree, not necessarily. So there are some denominations that don't weight that real heavy. So you have to factor that in. But if it's pretty much some of the mainline situations, and especially Catholic and stuff, you're definitely going to go to a seminary that has that description on it. Or you're probably not going to be working in a uh, church that has their name on it. So that's just kind of the way that, that that goes. Now, what do you do about a bigger degree? Okay, so I've mentioned this before that there's a difference in going to a university and getting your biblical education there because that's going to be more of a PhD track and that's more academic and then you want to be a professor. Okay, which is fine. And you may have a church or a Sunday school on the side. But you're going to be a professor. They're going to pay your bills. Whereas, you go to seminary, it's more of vocational school for ministers. Where they train you to work in a church. Now, once upon a time, the in, in fact still, in many places, the degree to get was a Master of Divinity degree. 
and they call it the good old MDiv. Uh, jokingly, they call it a master of divinity. You got to go to to seminary or uh, excuse me, cemetery to get a master of divinity degree. But anyway, um, why is that? It's because, uh, <laughs> and again, it kind of depends on where you're at. But uh, an MDiv degree be, is kind of the vocational degree where so-and-so might have been an auto mechanic or, or, or um, computer programmer, okay? Had a bachelor's degree in computer science. All of a sudden, presto, God's call that person to be uh, in the ministry, and they feel it strong. Okay, so they'll go, and, and when they hit seminary, they have a bachelor's degree, but it doesn't have any Bible in it at all. No formal Bible education. Well, an MDiv takes you from ground zero all the way into the master's program, to the end of a master's program. And they do it, or they used to do it, 96 hours. Just to let you know, that's a lot. Okay, in fact, some seminaries, it was like 126 um, now, not every class that you take is a three-credit class, but if you want to just factor in, just for giggles, uh, take three and divide that into 96. And roughly, that would be how, you know, give you a crude idea of how many classes you're looking at. But, again, also, you have to think about uh, these classes are classes that you're going to be in class four every week, at least probably two days, sometimes three days a week. All right? It's school. I mean, it's college. It's hot and heavy. Now, here's the thing. Uh, MDiv is designed to make a preacher out of you. Make a pastor out of you. And the, the reason I say that is because the MDiv doesn't just have biblical studies in it. Not only biblical studies. It does have biblical studies in it where you're studying the Bible and the books of the Bible and what's in the Bible and so forth. But it also has church history. And it also has theology where you're learning to think about the Bible and about the different doctrines that, that people have pulled out and say, okay, the Bible teaches this, and here's the reason why. And, and they throw words like esclesiology and eschatology and soteriology at you and so forth. Now, you're going to study that. But also, you're going to study church administration. You're going to probably have what they call a spiritual foundation kind of situation. Now, what is that? That's that's like a practicum. It, it's kind of where you get a mentor. And they follow you for so many hours in a semester and chat and just see and help you grow, answer questions, stuff like that. And a lot of seminaries have that. Some do, some don't. But the ones that do, I mean, they're supposed to be helping you become a minister. Now, hence, that's why I say that you're taking all these hours... You're going to have other people in your classes. You're going to have teachers. Not one or two teachers. Some, probably quite a few in some, some situations. And these are the people who 
you connect with. And uh, they may be the one that God uses to get you your first church job. Now, what about upper degrees, upper level degrees? So, you've got a doctorate in theology degree. You, you do have the PhD, which I, and in whatever, I mean, biblical studies, theology, you, know, you can go on and on and on. You have the PhD, um, THD, MDiv, or excuse me, DMIN, Doctor of Ministry. Lots of people have that degree. Uh, lots of people have that degree. Uh, different from the PhD in that, again, PhD tends to lean more academic, whereas you're going to be a professor teaching in a in a academic setting like a college or university, something like that, upper level Bible school, what have you. Whereas a D-man still teaches, and a D-man can teach anywhere, but normally seminaries pull those guys in because again it's like the the doctorate of ministry degree is like the top of the list as far as you can't get no more learning than that for ministry now why get that degree in fact let me just throw this at you why do you have to get a master's degree in the first place why why is that And, uh, for example, why, if you, let's go back to that other situation. So somebody had a, a computer science bachelor's degree, they've been a computer programmer, and all of a sudden they felt like God wants them to, to work in a church, uh, you know, forever and ever. Full-time Christian service is what they call it. If that's the case, what would prevent that per person from just going back and taking, getting a second bachelor's degree? And just taking a bunch of Bible courses, because a lot of the a bachelor's degree has a lot of similar uh, courses that you could use. Okay, it, with the exception of the theology and the Bible and stuff that you're that you're missing. So why couldn't you just do what you know they they say? Go back and take your deficiencies, what you're deficient in, what you're lacking in Bible and stuff, and just turn around and get a bachelor's degree in uh, biblical studies or pastor, you know, pastoral theology or something like that. Why can, why can you do that? The answer is you can. Now, can you get a job doing that? Well, that's a good question. Most churches are looking for that master's degree. Beside the fact that most Churches don't work on a master's level, if that makes any sense. So they want they want the pastor to be the smartest man in the room, so they go ahead and they give him a master's degree. Okay. Okay, I get it. But here's the thing. Most of them aren't even working on the bachelor's degree. Some people don't even read the Bible. So the issue is, uh, once that pastor has a bachelor's degree in biblical studies, he's already the smartest man in the room. <laughs> Probably. Unless you got somebody else with a bachelor's in, in biblical studies or something. 
But the simple fact of the matter is everyone gravitates to the master's level, the masters of divinity in, in a lot of situations. Why? Because, well, because it's the vocational degree. It's the one. Now, why does it, why does it weigh so heavy? Well, let me share this with you. Masters of divinity is also something the military looks at and for chaplaincy and a lot of uh, medical chaplaincy programs look for that mainly because of the number of hours the degree is used to be it was 96 hours to be you had to have a, something that had 96 hours in in, in religious studies to be in, in a you know to be able to either a degree or to show you had that much studying to be a chaplain in the U.S. military. Uh, and it was pretty much across the board. Uh, now, lately, they backed it down to like 70, 77 or something like that. But forever, it was like 96. So, again, it was like the degree. Now, here's, here's, here's the kicker. At least to me. Why would somebody get a doctorate in it? You, you took all these hours, okay, and then, you know, 96 hours worth of work, maybe 77 hours worth of work. You get your, your MDiv, okay, and you're pastoring your little heart out. Why get a doctorate degree? Well, you could do it just for, you know, personal fulfillment. Lots of people do that, you know, or the personal challenge or something of that nature. I talked to one pastor who got a PhD. It was a personal challenge. He thought he it was in homiletics, which is preaching. He thought it would enhance his uh, ministerial situation. It didn't, unfortunately, because very few people know how to appreciate a PhD in uh, in that particular arena. In 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 the church world, so to speak. Now, the issue is, um, why get a doctorate of ministry? Because the simple fact is, some larger churches won't hire you or even look at you as a candidate unless you have it. You know, you may be thinking, well, this sure doesn't sound an awful lot like God's involved in this process. Well, you're right. Because we're talking about professional ministry. God isn't always involved in those processes. You say, well, that's, that's a tacky, horrible thing to say. Well, no, it's the truth. Um, now, is he involved? Yeah. Is he always involved? I don't think so. <laughs> not, not from the people I've talked to. I've talked to a lot of people. And uh, pluses and minuses. And I've seen some pretty crazy stuff done by churches to pastors. I've also seen some pretty crazy junk pastors have done in, uh, in very uh, high church positions. So, yeah. See, here's the thing. There's humans. The church has humans in it. And humans make mistakes down here. And so that's just the way it is. But again, some churches are just flat not going to look at it. And a larger church may not even look at this guy unless he has a doctorate degree. 
which is silly. I think the ones that really have a heart for God, are, or they may look at both. They may look at some that do and some that don't, and they may hire one that does, and they may hire one that don't, but the one they hire is going to be the one that touches them with, with his or her passion for the Lord, passion for the people, passion for the future of the Church of God. That is going to be the one they hire. Now that would be a beautiful situation, but again, you know, I'm, you know, we're talking uh, pine the sky apple pie type, type. So that's the way I think it'd be beautiful. If we did that all the time. I've seen situations where that happened. Okay, I have seen myself the situation where God, a church needed a specific person and. That person showed up, and they hired him, and he's awesome. I have seen it. So, I mean, and I've seen it more than once. But, uh, and by the way, just because somebody has a doctorate degree doesn't mean they're at that level anymore. It's, uh, a lot of times, high-level degrees... In academics, period, are a lot like being a an Olympian. Okay, give me a bear with me a second. Olympians train hard. They make sacrifices, and they train and train and train, and then they go to the Olympics, and then they perform, and then they may you know let's just say they get a medal. Well, they got the medal, and they just, oh man, I've got the medal, you know. Then when they go home, uh, hopefully they train for the next one, but maybe they don't. Maybe they take a year's layoff. Well, if they take a year's layoff, they're not at the level they were again. <laughs> they're not there. Now, are they still an Olympian? Yes. Do they still have a gold medal or whatever medal? Yes. But are they at the same level they were when they when they won it? No, they're not. A lot of people are not there. And they don't try to keep at that level. A lot of times they do that because, to be honest, the people in the pew uh, are not interested in learning. And that's sad. Um, if all you want is sunshine blown up your nose, up your skirt every day, um, well, you know, go to the self-help books. Because, I mean, there's some pretty good books that'll just blow sunshine all over you. But if you want to change your life for the Lord... And know him better, and get into his word, and let the spirit transform you. Because, by the way, that's what sanctification is. Salvation is an event. Sanctification is a process. Sanctification means little by little you're getting more holy. You know how you do that? You let the spirit of God with the word of God 
work in you and you do the work of God outside in the world. Now, seminaries and, and even biblical studies should help us get there. It, it should be a huge benefit because the more you know the Word, the closer you know the Word, the closer you can understand the author. But uh, the real challenge in professional ministry is there's so many other people paying your bill. You're on the hook. Yeah, you you make the wrong person in a church mad, and your job may vanish. They have you by the throat, and that's the honest truth. And I've seen preachers that were at the bitter end of that. And I've seen preachers that were that, that prospered in that situation, but the issue is still. Um, you got people involved. Bivocational ministry, little bit different, and that's what I did for, for years. Is bivocational church would pay me, but I had a job on the side. Why is that? Why why is that advantageous? Well, I do my ministry, yes. But if they but if they decide to do something ungodly, and I know God's not in it, and I say I'm pass. They say, well, we're just going to find somebody else. I'll say, I get it. I understand. Uh, you know, I'll pray for you. And I'm out. And I'm not going to miss a meal. Because my my meals come from God and not from them, necessarily. And it can be both. All right? But, in bivocational, they don't necessarily have you by the throat. Uh now that that sounds so so harsh, you know, but uh, listen, any time a group of people can get together and just terminate you immediately for anything, and you're gone and you and your bills stop getting paid immediately, that's by the throat. I'm telling you. Um. Now you're, you're saying, well, how's that different in, in in the world? You know, in the world you can get fired and so well, yes, you can. However, there's a lot of checks and balances out there, and you got unemployment and all kinds of other stuff. And I never, I, I don't even know how you handle unemployment over in the church area because I've never had to deal with that. But here's the issue: when it's in the world, in the public sector, you kind of expect it. What happens in the other side? People think, well, I don't understand. They're supposed to be acting like Christians, and they're not. Okay, but again, people, people, and that's not giving giving anyone a pass. That's just saying it like it is. Mature Christians treat people right. Immature Christians don't normally. So, if, again, you have the 
feel of the hand of God on you. And you know He's got a mission for you. And you feel it hard. And you feel the ministry just calling you where you're going to devote yourself. Then more power to you. The Spirit of God will, will make sure that you succeed. And God will take care of you. Because if you really, really belong and your call is solid, then the, there's nothing that can touch you because the living God's got you in the palm of His hand. But I'll say this also. If you're not sure, if you're not sure, <laughs> then, wow, that's a, that's a rough place to be. Because if you're not sure and you and you jump in that that pool, you don't know what's in there. Maybe sharks, maybe lava. So be certain. Know that you know that you know. Is what they used to say in the old days. That God has called you to do that. Because again, all of us are ministers. No matter what you're doing to pay your bills, we are supposed to show Jesus no matter what so anyway hopefully this wasn't too harsh it wasn't too real okay but I think it's uh, is is and this may sound you know this this cast may sound well that sounds kind of negative man he sounds like he's just just all kinds of bent out of shape about it no I'm just I've seen some some success stories, but I've seen some crashes and burns, and uh, I don't want that for anyone listening to this cast. I really don't. I want everyone listening to this cast to have success in the Lord each and every moment of each and every day, because I feel it with you. So may God bless you. And how you respond to his word and keep Thank on you for keeping up to this edition of Speak It On. And as always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth.